0: Welcome on in, Eagles fans, to episode 54 of the No Huddle Show, our Philadelphia Eagles podcast right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Gilio, joined as always by Elliott Shore Parks and Mark Echo. They cover the Eagles for NJ Advanced Media. They were there at Lincoln Financial Field on Sunday afternoon to watch the Eagles continue to be perfect at home. A 24-15 win over the Atlanta Falcons. Eagles move to 5-4 on the season and 4-0 at the link. Elliot, we'll start with you. I saw after the game you had a, a video up on the website about the Eagles and this home field advantage that feels like it's back. I, I kind of felt like it was coming back, but I feel like Sunday against the Falcons really cemented that with the way they played and just they're different at home.
2: Yeah, I mean, what's weird is so I, I've been traveling with the team for three years now and I never felt that the link was one of those stadiums where you walk in it. And you can really feel like, you know, I mean, yeah, the, the fans are loud and, you know, it's sold out. But I, I never felt like it was this amazing home field advantage. But four games into this year, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to deny it. I mean, they're giving up an average of right around nine points a game at home and they're giving up over 23 points a game on the road. Um, you know, they're running the ball better at home. They throw it better at home. And it's not like this is an instance where. You know, they they're playing their worst teams on the schedule at home. I mean, they've played arguably besides the Cowboys, the, you know, three of their best opponents have been at home. The Steelers, the uh, you know, the, the Vikings who actually don't look like they're that good now. But and now the Falcons. So, I mean, they've played their better competition at home and, and they've dominated. Um, so I, I think, you know, it's like I said on the website um, and in the video, it's becoming one of the toughest places to play in the NFL. And I would have never guessed that coming into this year.
0: Mark, your thoughts on what you saw on Sunday, and really just this idea that the Eagles are a different team in Philadelphia for some reason than they are when they're not in Philadelphia.
1: Well, I mean, guys, we're not reinventing a wheel here. Most teams are better at home. That's why they call it home field advantage. It's why the bookies give you make every home team a three point favorite when they start their line, and then they work from there. So this isn't anything new, um, but it is a, it is dramatic. I'll say that this is a dramatic difference. I mean. They haven't played even close to a poor game at home. I mean, they've looked good to very good in all four home games against three pretty good teams, and then and Cleveland, who stinks, and but still they beat them. I mean, that's, you can only play who you're supposed to. Um, yeah, and I, I, it's, I don't know. We'll, as it goes on, we'll see. I mean, if they can keep it up, if they go 8-0 and at home, they will make the playoffs. I'll, I'll guarantee you that. If they go 8-0, and I will promise you without a doubt that if they go 8-0, and They'll find another road win somewhere and 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 have ten wins and be in the playoffs. I,
0: I, it's tough to tough to disagree with that, Mark. I mean, and and the sort of, but actually, they might be able to they might be able to get, to get in nine and seven if they win all their home games. And then that would require no more road wins because they right. already have one from that Bears game in the That's second fair. week of the season. And yeah, I mean, you look forward here, and we'll and we'll talk a little bit more about the game. But just looking forward, based on what you said, Mark, I mean, they have Green Bay in two weeks at home, and Green Bay looks like a Good mess time. right now. After team's hurt, and the other half isn't playing well. Exactly. And they have then in December into the That's beginning it. of January, the three division games against That's Washington, true. the Giants on a Thursday night, which is an advantage for the Eagles, although not a big one because the Giants don't have to travel far, but still. And then uh, Dallas in week 17. And, you know, the Cowboys could be resting people there, Mark. I mean, that, the idea of 8-0 at home is not ridiculous. No, that Cowboy game, I was thinking about this is like an Elliott
1: question. Elliott, <laughs> <aren't> you, <laughs> All right. Yeah, go ahead. And kind of questions I get like six times a week from Elliott. When the Eagles play the Cowboys, will it have meaning for both teams? Will it have meaning for just the Eagles? Will it have meaning for just the Cowboys? Or will it not mean mean anything at all?
2: I think it'll have meaning for both, but in different ways. I mean, I think the Eagles will be fighting to get in the playoffs, but... Uh, I think the Cowboys could be fighting for the number one seed in NFC. I, what are the? How many losses do the Seahawks have? Because they, 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 they have two, two right? They're, yeah, uh, so.
0: with their six two and one, is that right? I think so. Dallas is a game and a
2: half lead on them right now. Right. So, I mean, I would think they would still be battling with the Seahawks at that point. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. I mean, they're only. You think this Cowboys aren't going to lose another game? I think you don't think Seattle's going to lose another game. No, I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, I think they'll both lose. They're that's both, both going to the lose games, yeah. But, I mean, I would say, I'm just saying, I think that that... They, so you think Cowboys, it's going to be something to both? I think the Cowboys will still be fighting for playoff position. They'll be in, but they'll be, you know, maybe the difference between the one and two seed, maybe. A big so, it's a big difference.
1: So that means it means something.
0: That'd be quite I, a scene if it was Tony Romo playing in that game because the Cowboys that's, were that's, resting that's Dak that's Prescott.
1: Right. Yeah, that's, I, that's what I think. I don't think it's going to mean anything to Dallas After Dallas won yesterday... I don't see them losing too. I don't know. I don't see them losing too many more times. I think Seattle may, and although see last, I I was I, I thought of this question before the out before the end of last night's game, and I was uh, anticipating Seattle to lose last night, and then then I really would have thought it would mean nothing to Dallas. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. That so, that changed it because that was a big. I still
1: don't think, I still think it might only mean something to the Eagles. It might. And, and that would be an advantage, obviously, for the Eagles. Oh, um, yeah.
0: The Owls, but they might rest Zeke. They might rest any, you know Who knows? Right. And that that could be a big advantage for the Eagles. So we'll look forward to that. And that's one of the four home games left. So the Eagles are 4-0 at home now. Um, dominated. And yesterday, and we're doing this podcast on a Monday, particularly in the game against Atlanta. I mean, two things stood out. We can talk about both of them. Let's, let's start with the defense. And then we can get to the running game and the way the Eagles approach the offensive side of the ball. But Ellie, I mean, we've talked about this defense before. They've had big games. I think it was after the Viking game that Fletcher Cox uh, said to you when you wrote about it that they could be the best defense in the NFL. I mean, they've had big moments, but they're inconsistent, it seems like. But yesterday on Sunday was another one of those where you're like, wow, this defense really can be really good. and, And they just dominated the Falcons offense.
2: Yeah, and once again, it starts with the defensive line. Um, I mean, Fletcher Cox didn't have a sack, but he had six hurries on the quarterback, and I think one tackle for a loss. So he had a solid game. I don't know if he had a 64 million dollar game, but he had he had a very good game. Uh, Connor Barwin played well. Brandon Graham played well. And the return of Benny Logan. I mean, we've talked on this podcast over the past three weeks about how Bo Allen is a very good player, and you know, you want him in spurts. And I, you know, I think he's like I said, a very good player, but. We saw yesterday that he's just not Benny Logan. I mean, but Benny Logan does this defensive line. He just, he changes it. Um, He's very good against the run. And what really separates him from Bo Allen is Benny Logan can also rush the passer. And you saw that yesterday against the Falcons. Um, so, again, like 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 we've said all season, this defense is as good as a defensive line. Yesterday, you know, against the Falcons, arguably the MVP of the league in Matt Ryan, or at least in the conversation, and an offense that was averaging 33 points coming into that game, they held him to 15 points. So, yeah, I mean, the defense play, played extremely well. They still have... Big holes in the secondary, and I thought that really showed yesterday with Leotis McKelvin. And I know he had that interception at the end, but I, I still think he had a terrible game. So the defense, I don't think they're the best in the league yet, like Fletcher Cox says, but when they're at home, they're considerably better. There's no denying that.
0: They are. And Mark, I mean, yesterday, Elliot mentioned the defensive line and how they kind of started to wreck that game early. And I thought the tackling was really good, too. I mean, when when Ryan actually did complete a pass, it felt like I felt like three or four times Malcolm Jenkins made a big tackle in front of the first down sticks. They got they kept getting off the field yesterday.
1: Yeah, they did. And that's 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 what you want a defense to do. I mean, yeah, pass rush sacks that they're great, and they, that's how guys get get paid. Sixty four million dollars is all you pointed out um, and <laughs> likes to point out, but no, get out, three and outs are great. You know, third down conversions. They're the numbers. They're they're the hidden numbers in my mind that that are the most important i mean I, you know i think the dumbest stat of all time and, and they rank teams on total yards who cares i mean a lot of times you're ahead and 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 you give up 60 meaningless yards at the end of the game but that counts on your total yards so it looks you know like atlanta had 303 yards yesterday nah they really didn't you know what i'm saying that that wasn't right. a 300 yard game they had two that was but like, who cares they, they you know like like you said they, the eagles made the plays when they had to make them. they held them to 50 Points, fifteen. That's a good number. That's a real good number.
2: I will say too, though, that and you know, both teams always in every game, you know, things happen. But the Falcons dropped a few passes where, again, the Eagles' secondary allowed them to get open. One big,
1: one big one that Julio Jones
2: dropped. Maybe, maybe that's what. Maybe that's what it does. Maybe playing out the link, you drop what? You drop passes. That's just how it works. That was that was on fourth down too, right? Late in the game, that Julio Jones. the, the yeah, play play. Well, it was, right it was late in the game so
1: but overall even but though it's very 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 big play from a and a guy that probably doesn't i don't think i don't know how many drops he has this year but it's, it's not a lot and it yeah. was a clear drop too it wasn't like somebody knocked it was a little it looked like it looked like you know one of the eagles
2: <laughs> yeah i mean yeah
1: but it's yeah no 11 on third down said that's a big number two for eleven. eleven oh for one two for eleven on third oh for one on fourth that's big that's that that's the kind of numbers you want out of your defense
0: and it was shocking. I mean, really, when you think about it, the Falcons had scored thirty-three points a game. And yesterday was the least first downs they've had in the game since before they drafted Matt Ryan. So, like, that wasn't just a, you know, a really good Eagles defensive performance. Like the Falcons haven't been shut down like that in a long time. I think that even adds to it, Elliot, that this wasn't just another, you know, good Eagles home performance. Like they shut down the best offense in the NFL that no one else has been able to do.
2: Yeah, I will say though that this felt like a Falcons loss outside of the fact that the Eagles played well. I mean, second half of the season on the road, the Falcons traditionally—I mean, they did it last year and they've, and they've done it over the past years—they've traditionally folded in that in this case. So, yeah, I, I think the, the Eagles' defense definitely played really well and they earned this win. But I'm not surprised at all that the Falcons lost that game yesterday, and really didn't play well at all and and didn't show up. So, I mean, the Eagles had something to do with that, but I also think you're starting to see a little bit of a – the Falcons starting to fall off a little bit. The only
1: problem with that, Elliot, is this year they can afford to fall a little bit. I don't don't see anybody in their division catching them this time.
2: No, they'll – I think they'll win the division, but I – I, I think, you know, any talk of this team being, like, the best in the NFC or anything like that, I, I don't think they're in the same place, no, the no, no. Seahawks and the Cowboys. Well,
0: we might, we might be talking about this matchup again the first week of January. If the Eagles keep playing well as and, and win watch. all those home games, we could see this matchup again in Atlanta, probably. As a 4-5 game, right? Or
2: 3-6 yep. Yeah, and I, I, you know, if the Eagles can figure out... Although they're, they're a different team in the Dome. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, right. If the Eagles can figure out how to win on the road, I don't. I think they can beat the Falcons. I mean, it's just I don't know what it is about being at home. I mean, the, the players. I, I normally don't put a lot into this, but the players, to a man, will tell you that they feed off the energy at the link. So I think that you know, it sounds a little corny, but it maybe it is really true because they they're clearly a way better team at home.
0: Oh, it's, it's not even a question. And look, and when you have eight of them at home, that that's a lot. So I mean, if they can keep winning them, we're gonna they're gonna be in this thing the rest of the year. All right. So how about the offense uh, during this game, Mark? Where you know we've seen the Eagles' offense have some good days. We've seen them do some good things. A lot of frustration there. But the, the interesting thing from the game against the Falcons was just how well they ran the football and how that set the tone for everything I mean they held the ball for 38 minutes in this game Matthews came back in a big way and I thought the offensive line mark played its best game in a long time
1: yeah I, I do the grades I did the grades for Monday morning I gave the offensive line an a and the only reason I didn't give him an a plus was because they had three or four penalties a couple uh Kelsey had a hole Peters had a false start somebody else had a so that's the only reason they didn't get an a plus and I don't give a pluses out you know that often uh, I don't even give a's out that that often but no the offensive line yeah without a doubt they're their best game Oh uh Carson Wentz was hit just three times on 30 38 drop backs, sacked twice and I think I'm gonna give both sacks to Carson and or coverage sacks call it whatever either one you want I don't think they were like the one he had time he had time he had time And nobody's open he moved around a little bit and then Vic, Vic Beasley who's very good by the way um finally got him and then the other one kind of the same thing probably should have thrown the ball away a little quicker and took a sack but um, no, he, that, the line protected very well. Um, and when you run for 208 yards, it's not, it's not just the back. <laughs> I mean, you know, both backs ran well. I mean, Ryan Matthews had a great game, best game of his Eagle career with 109 yards and two touchdowns. And then Wendell Smallwell did almost as well. I mean, he had 13 carries 70 yards. So if he gets six more carries, he probably has a hundred yards. So yeah, they, and they ran it. It was balanced. That was, that's what you got to see. They got to wait. Peterson's offense has been pretty balanced. As a matter of fact, I'm writing about that um, for Tuesday morning. Um, when the Eagles are balanced, they're very good. They're, they're, I think they're, I don't know, whatever in one, but um, they got away from it. Both the Dallas and Giant games the last couple of weeks, they had Wednesday had to throw the ball more than 40 times and they only ran it like 20 something times. That's like a two to one.
2: Um, ratio and that's not good I, you, you don't want that I think part of the reason is they fall behind they've been falling behind a lot more on the road I mean in all these games, yes Dallas no they were never behind they were they were never down more than three or seven right but I'm saying that, like you know in the Redskins game the Lions game Redskins, and they were
1: bound Redskins game that they were balanced
2: right, but I'm saying they, they've they've in those three games they fell behind by at least 14 points okay. in- but they still ran against
1: the Redskins and they came back. the only game the two games they weren't balanced were the Dallas game and the Giants game. Giants I understand he fell behind fourteen nothing Dallas I don't understand right well they, I was they they stayed balanced and they were and they were very good
2: so I was you know in looking up you know how much better they've been at home there on the road and one of the reasons is speaking to Ryan Matthews when they're at home this year, they've been giving the ball to Ryan Matthews an average of 15 times. On the road, they've been giving it to him an average of seven times. So, I mean, it seems like, you know, all week leading up to this Falcons game, Darren Sproles is number one running back. Darren Sproles is number one rack. we got to get the ball to Darren Sproles. Even in the, intro- in, in the beginning of the game when they introduced their, starter, their starters, they introduced Darren Sproles. And then Ryan Matthews was clearly the featured back yesterday. And, you know, we, we've debated a lot on this podcast. I well, think Sproles played more snaps. Yeah, but Brian Matthews got the ball more. Well. Yeah, but, but I'm, I, I'm, that doesn't mean right, uh, right. Well, Bob's saying they clearly decided to feature yeah. Ryan Matthews
1: yesterday. Well, My. I think I think Doug I think Doug does what he said. I mean, I've asked him this more than once, and he gives the same answer. And I think he's honest as he is most of the time with us. It's the hot hand. He goes with the hot hand. Matthews was running well. If Matthews would have, if Matthews' first five carries would have gone for nine yards, he might not have gotten a six carry. But his, but he was he ran well early. And he just—that's what Doug does. It's like Doug's like a basketball coach. If the guy's hot, he gives him the ball.
2: Yeah, and the, you know, we like I was going to say we've debated on this podcast how good Ryan Matthews is a lot of times. But when he's on and he's playing it, you know, what he's truly capable of and he's healthy. I mean, he is probably the best running back on this team in the way that you know he's powerful. He he can go down, you know, th- through the tackles. I mean, he he played really well yesterday. So he adds a complete dimension. To this offense, because like you mentioned, Mark, when they're running the ball well, and usually when they've run the ball well this year, it's been because of Ryan Matthews. Then you don't have to have Wentz throw it forty-five times. Again. Well, Sproles so. star against Chris
1: they ran it okay then. Um, but Sproles still—I mean—they used Sproles with what he's best at. They gave him two carries, and he got nineteen yards, which is pretty darn good—nine and a half yards a carry. But he, yeah. he threw it to him ten times, and he caught eight of them. So that Sproles still had ten touches which is a good number. He's He should be between 10 and 15 touches. It doesn't matter to me if they hand it to him or throw it to him. Do you guys agree with that?
0: Yeah, I, I like the way they used everyone yesterday. I mean, I, I like when they're running the ball through the tackles with Matthew sprinkling and Smallwood. And, and then, I mean, we've seen Darren Sproles for 12 years now. No one could cover him when he runs those little option routes where he could go in or out uh, or keep going down the field. And I think he got like three or four first downs on that, that same kind of play yesterday where he has the option to just take the linebacker or the safety wherever he wants. I mean... It's interesting. Did you guys find it interesting too when Doug said um Elliot when he explained to you guys I think it was right after the game and Fox had it during the game so I guess he told them maybe during those pre you know pre uh, game shows on on Saturday when they meet with the coach but Fox said it and I was like wait what did they just say and then Doug said it to you guys after the game so the reason Matthews didn't touch the ball much in Dallas was because of a a,
2: a tooth issue? Yeah, he see yeah Doug, Doug actually said that to us earlier in the week um that I guess and he missed practice one day because of it too. Actually, I guess he had a, an infection in his tooth, and uh, his face was was swelling up.
1: But that was down. What that that,
0: that never explained the giant game. No, it didn't. It, it explained it, but I guess it added to the context of like it was, the assumption became, oh, it's now you know Darren Sproles is the lead back on this team, and, and Doug kind of even fed well, into well, that during Doug the week. saying that too, though. Right? No, he was, and it it gave us all the perception or assumption, whatever word we want to use, that he was. But then yesterday it wasn't. It's like. I'm not sure each week who's going to get the ball. They don't know. I don't think they. I don't.
1: I. I honestly believe this, and I'm not saying this in a negative way at all. I think they prepare all three guys. Maybe, maybe a certain, maybe some teams. See, I think Dallas, even though they Matthews had the wisdom t- tooth or whatever it was. Uh, it, I'm sorry, I keep saying wisdom tooth. It wasn't a wisdom tooth. It was a regular toothy because he had to have a root canal done. Um, but I just think they. Like, I, I think they thought Sproles was a better matchup against Dallas. I really do. I don't, for whatever reason, I'm, I'm not an offensive coordinator, so I don't know what they looked up and saw, but they just thought the the smaller, shiftier guy would do better. And 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 he did. Sproles played well against Dallas. Um, but I think they prepare all three. And like I said, I really believe the hot guy gets the ball. I do. I think that's way, the way it goes. You know, like I'm telling you, Matthews, it wasn't like this was Matthews' game yesterday. It was, oh, Matthews is playing well. Let's keep giving him the ball. If If he, not done well those first few carries.
2: Next, It would have been small winners. Well, it would have been the next guy. And that's the thing about the Eagles running backs. I mean, you know, we talked about the Cowboys and watching them last night or you know, yesterday afternoon against the uh, Steelers. Obviously, if you're the Eagles, you would rather have <clears throat> a feature back like Ezekiel Elliott, somebody that really scares opposing defenses they have to game plan for and someone that you can give the ball to in any situation. But if you don't have that, at least the Eagles do have, in my opinion, four running backs. I'll include Kenyon in that. <clears throat> that are pretty interchangeable. I mean, we were talking before the game yesterday that there's almost no instance where if they put this running back in instead of that running back, you would say, wow, that's a, an, an egregious mistake. I mean, you know, Darren, some days you can make the argument Darren Sproles is their best running back, so it makes sense to give it to him on, on a big carry late in the game. Some days it's Ryan Matthews. So, the you know, the Eagles don't have a future back, but when everything's clicking, they do have a collection of running backs that are do complement each other. They can all do different things, and they're all pretty interchangeable.
1: Brilliant. Let me ask you guys another question. I'm going to ask questions today. I have a lot (laughs) of questions. Uh, This is a two-parter. One, do you – we all assumed, or we all kind of – we didn't write it maybe, but we talked about it a lot. Um, Ryan Matthews not being here next year. He's gone.
2: Yes. I agree with that. Do,
1: Do you still think that, and do you still think running back is a major need of this team?
2: Yes, I think Ryan Matthews is not back, in. I still think it's a major need. Um, I'd have to look at the exact numbers, but I remember thinking if they if they move on from Ryan Matthews, they save you know two or three million dollars. And it's this not, team's it's not about saving money; it's about trying to win. Right, but I'm saying I, what I'm saying is I think <clears throat> I think they're going to try to upgrade the position anyway. So, or, okay, a couple things. One, I think they're going to want Smallwood to play a bigger role next year. So you're not going to pay Ryan Matthews five million or whatever he's going to get to be the third running back on this team because I think sproles obviously is going to be here they gave him a one-year extension smallwood's going to have a bigger role and i really do think they're going to draft a running back in the first three rounds and if you draft a running back in the first three rounds and then you're really and cool. you're really talking about someone that's going to play so when, I don't, that's what I, I agree with all that until yesterday yeah but i think it's just one game I don't
1: think i'm overreacting in one game i could be
2: yeah yeah oh i don't i mean he played really well and i think you saw that The danger in getting rid of Ryan Matthews is that you're then going with, to a certain degree, a lot of unknown. I mean, Ryan Matthews, we know what he is. Some days he plays really well. Other days he's hurt. You know, he just is what he is. But with Smallwood, I think he has a higher ceiling at this point. But his floor is also lower. We don't know if if he can have the career Ryan Matthews has. But I think the Eagles, on a larger scale this offseason, are going to put a ton of work and a lot of their resources into upgrading their skill positions. And I think that is going to include... Running back, so yeah, I think right. these are going to need cap space, and I think Ryan Matthews isn't worth the cap space he's that he is slated next year. doesn't doesn't spend like it used to, Elliot. No, but when you're not in a great cap situation to begin with, I mean every penny they got to figure something out with getting more cap space. I don't
1: know if I'd waste it. Not I shouldn't say waste. I don't know if I would use. And again, I thought all this. Uh, you're you're saying what I you know you're almost you know I was agreeing with all that, but now I'm starting to think. After, like, because let's bring up the one bad part of yesterday. Why receivers didn't do a damn thing. And the cornerbacks. Right. So that's my one and two picks.
2: And offensive line got to get in there too, right? Well, what do you think about Vitae? I mean, because what their their analysis of Vitae will really dictate a lot of their offseason. Because if they don't think Vitae is their long term, at least their potential long term starter at tackle, then without question, the biggest need on this team is tackle because then. I mean, you, if you have Vi, Titan, Lane, Johnson, then you have two young players, and yes, Johnson has clearly the suspension, but you at least have two young players at tackle that, you know, you think you can build around for the next few years. What about guard? Yeah, but you're not going to use a top... third-round pick on a guard? Why not? Yeah, third-round
1: pick. Yeah, maybe yeah, tackle it. corner first, wide receiver second, guard, offensive lineman third. Am a running back? It's not... I don't think... Run, I think running back has fallen behind, in my mind, the, the top. You know, top needs. I have at least
2: Uh, fourth now. And also this Eagles, I mean, this Eagles first round pick, you know, we had thought was going to be in the late 20s, maybe even, you know, you thought potentially number 31 or 32. But now, I mean, this could end up being like 17, 18 type area. For, for the Vikings pick. The best part about it is right now for the Eagles, they're tied with
0: Minnesota. So you look at the NFC playoff standing, I think the Eagles sit at seven right now, uh, you know, so right outside the playoff spots and they are ahead through a tiebreaker with the Vikings. So like we could get to a point this season where the Eagles make the playoffs at let's say nine and seven, the Vikings
2: miss at nine and seven and the Eagles get a better pick because of it. And, and moved up to get and Yeah, exactly. So the, they will have moved up in the first round last year to get Wentz and still have right around where their pick would have been anyway. So yeah, I mean, there's still look you, you know, to go back to the draft needs and where you go. I, I am not against, I mean, obviously we have to look at the draft board and see who's going to be there, but I'm not against the idea of taking a running back in the first round. If you think he's special, I mean, I, cause I really, really think this, what this offense needs is, it more than, you know, whatever position you want to categorize it as. They need a playmaker. They need a special talent. They yeah, need...
1: I think they need it at, a, at the wide receiver position more so than the running back position.
2: I don't know. I mean, I, I agree they need a receiver, but I also think you could go out and sign a receiver. I mean, Alshon oh, that, that, that always works. Well, I mean, it, it worked with Terrell Owens. I mean, The I know one they thing
0: changed. to add, this seems and, like and a great running you know. back draft class, right, compared to Better, a wide it's receiver. A good, very good running back draft class from what I'm told, yes. Right, so that that could play into so it. They may they might be able to get a guy that they think is better That's than Matthews in the second or third round. In
1: most yeah, years, I would not you can't take him back in the first round, especially in this draft because there's so many. And
2: no, I I would, I just would. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 not saying in this exact like I haven't looked at the exact board, so I can't tell you I'd take a running I back. Either. This would take one in the first. But round. I'm saying I'm saying in general, I would like I'm not opposed to taking a running back in the first round like well, I, I not, used to
1: not, be. I mean, no, no,
2: I'm not depending on your team.
1: I'm the one is when Dallas took Ezekiel Elliott, I'm, I was one saying, well, man, that's a good pick. They're going to – add that guy, he's going to be great. I wasn't against that for them at that point.
2: Right. I don't so, think – any... I think the Eagles team – I think – like, if the Eagles next year get to number 18 and the best player on the board is a running back, right? Or, like, yeah, you know, yeah. then I would be – like, I think this
1: – You're right. I wouldn't rip it. But I don't think they'll be – I don't think that – that might be the case. Who who knows? But I don't think the best running back will be there. Let's say they're picking – let's use your number, 18 – I don't think the best running back will be there at 18. I think he'll be gone like Ellie went four. Right, uh, right. So I, therefore, I don't think I'm taking the second or third or fourth best running back when I can get the, a similar guy later. And the best receiver might still be there at 18. Mike Williams from Clemson might might be there at 18. I'm I'm grabbing
2: him. Right. But the the thing I've seen with this team through nine games now is they just need they just need a special player to skill position. And I'm not as can I'm not as concerned with it being a receiver as opposed to being a running back as you are. I think they just need somebody that can be that can make a play. I mean, how many Eagles skill position players this year have turned nothing into something? Where, you know, like they, they catch a ball over in the middle of the field and they break a few tackles and go, or a running back makes right. people position a at, back.
0: At Darren Sproles is the only one. Right. Right, but I'm I'm saying that also at running back, like well, maybe it, I'm maybe I'm just
1: fresh off yesterday's game where I watched the running game go for 200 yards, and I watched Jordan Matthews have a have a, a Jordan Matthews classic Jordan Matthews game, a nice fine game, big one bad drop, you know, but six catches and nobody else do anything. Aguilar actually. was Aguilar, nothing. Doriel Green Beckham was
2: was was he was he there? you know I, i'm not I'm not saying they don't need a receiver that that's not the point I'm making I'm just saying I still think that, that I would be okay with adding a top running back as much as I would be with adding a receiver. i think as much as their running backs can get the job done when you know the offensive line plays as well as they did. I still think a special running back would change his team as much as a special wide receiver would
0: Let me ask you guys this as we as we look forward for the rest of this season because i mean they've had some they've had some interesting um games in the way they've approached offense, right? Like some games, they've thrown the ball a lot. Yesterday, on Sunday against the Falcons, they had their best running day of the year by far, one of the best ones they've had in a while. Seven games left. They're obviously in this thing, and they have to figure out how to play better on the road, but they're in this thing with four of those seven left at home. Elliot, we'll start with you, then we'll go to Mark. What do you think their offensive identity is right now? Like As we look forward, do you think it will start to become... This more of what we saw against the Falcons, running the football. Do you think it'll change week to week? When I was watching the game, I thought back to what Chip always wanted to be, right? Which was, you know, every week the ability to have the kind of versatile offense to, to do whatever's necessary to win. Run it 40 times, pass it 40 times. It obviously didn't end up working out for him the way he wanted. But that was—I always thought that idea made sense to kind of be able to be versatile. This team might be able to do that in, in terms of, you know, play call. Elliot, what do you think they're going to be the rest of the year?
2: I think they if if they could write the you know the blueprint for what they want to be on offense I think it would be yesterday where they they run the ball well and then Wentz doesn't have to do as much. I think as Peterson continues to coach his team and going into next season I do think they want to be a team though where Wentz will throw the ball 35 times cuz I think he I think he has that talent and I think the Eagles obviously do as well. So I think for now their identity is more and I think Malcolm Jenkins said it best last week they're just an offense that needs to just keep things simple and not make mistakes. I know they had the one fumble yesterday with Wentz. They did have a turnover. But, uh, you know, when this, when this team just takes care of the ball, they're able to put points on the board. It's never pretty and, you know, it's not a one big play. But they, they are good at methodically driving down the field. So I think that, that is what they would want their identity to be, running the ball and then allowing Wentz, when, you know, in bits and pieces to, to kind of take over the offense.
1: Methodical, Mark, how about you? Methodical—that's what they are. That's that—that's just—that's my word for this Eagle offense. I used it yesterday in one of my stories. They're methodical, and that's—and I don't mean that in a bad way at all. They're not a big—they—they—they they, they haven't been a big play, big strike team. I mean, they had the one—and I mean, I can think of one real big play in the last month of the, the bomb to Treggs. Again, he didn't play yesterday. He didn't do anything yesterday either. Um, so that they that the the. The dawning of the Bryce Treggs era took a little uh, detour yesterday. But uh, yeah, that the, their opening drive, the opening drive of the game, which was which was beautiful. Um, what? It took like eight minutes off the clock. It went, um, I got it right here? 12 plays,
2: 77 yards.
1: 12 plays, 81 yards, seven plus minutes. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful drive. The The first drive of the second half, it only ended in, in a field goal, but it went. 14 plays, 70 yards, took 644 off the clock. The game-winning drive, what proved to be the game-winning drive, in the fourth quarter went um, eight plays, 76 yards with two penalties, so really 10, 10 overall call plays, took 811 off the clock. They're incredible drives. And that's, we say Atlanta's offense didn't do much. They weren't on the field that much. Atlanta only ran like 40 plays, right? Let me count it up. Atlanta hardly had the ball. Atlanta had the ball Atlanta ran forty eight plays, something like that. Forty eight counted two sacks. Yeah, forty eight plays in the game. Well, that's not a lot of plays. (laughs) I mean, give the yeah, the Eagles defense played well, but they weren't they only had to stop forty eight plays. The Eagles offense had it for seventy six plays.
0: You should I mean, you should actually win easier than they won by those numbers. Well, they own, they should they, they probably should have. I mean, that game in the fourth quarter got a little wacky there. I mean, they they probably could have won that game by even more. Well, you, than you know they what did. happens when you have a big strike like Atlanta? did. Atlanta had the
1: seventy six yard touch. A big right. strike is going to skew that a little bit because you when you score in one play, it kind of you know, I'll I'll don't get me wrong, I'll I'll take a one place uh, scoring touchdown every time too. But but no, I'm just saying, um, they the, the Eagles aren't the Eagles are methodic. That's a good word for them. They they. You know that the winning t- touchdown drive. The only it was Ertz, Sproles, Sproles, Ertz, Ertz, Sproles, and then Matthews for the touchdown. It was, you know, no receiver, no wide receiver touched the ball on that on 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 that winning drive. That's just that
0: is where I go back to. This team needs a wide receiver. <laughs> well, they do. I don't think anyone would argue that. I mean, they need to improve the wide receiving core. I'm kind of having a little bit of one with me. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be an offseason priority here. Let's look forward to Sunday, next, this coming Sunday, in Seattle. So I, I think logic would dictate, guys, if, if this team just continues to follow their pattern, they're going to lose in Seattle and they'll probably come home the next week um, and beat the Packers at home. But as far as this game, the one thing that stands out to me, Elliot, is, is look forward here, is, I mean, the Seahawks are really good. They're always really good at home. The one thing that gives me some some feeling like this could be a game is the Seahawks offensive line, although they started to feel like they came together maybe against the Patriots, they're not very good. Like the Eagles should their defensive line should have the advantage there against the Seahawks. I mean, that's the one thing I say. Maybe they've got a shot in this game.
2: Yeah. I mean I I'm six and three picking the team this year, so I feel like I have a pretty good pulse on, you know, when they're gonna win and when they're not. And I don't think this is a win for the Eagles. I think I think they have a chance to improve on the road as the season goes on. But I talked at the beginning of the podcast about go, you know, how the link, even though they're really good at home, doesn't feel like that special place yet. I haven't been to Seattle. I'm, I'm excited to you know see uh, this stadium everyone always talks about. But you know that that is the thing about Seattle. This is you know if you if you're trying to improve on your road, Seat, uh, Seattle, is probably not the place you want to go to to fix that. So I, I look, I think that you know Russell Wilson. I just think the Seahawks are both. Uh, considerably better team and I think it's on the road so as of now I I don't think the Eagles go into Seattle and get the win if they kept it close it wouldn't shock me and I think they probably will because the Eagles have not been blown out in any game this year so I think it'll end up being a close game but I don't think this is the week the Eagles solve their uh, issues on the road
0: yeah, I'd yeah. agree with that. And if, if we could blame, I think we could blame week 17 last year for this game, right? Because if the Eagles had lost that game to the Giants, they would have got to go to London to play the Rams. Instead, this is the prize to go to Seattle. Mark, what, what are you thinking about this game uh, as we look forward to the end of the week? It's
1: kind of early, but I, I tend to agree with Ellie. This is a tough I mean, if, if they can win in Seattle, what the hell? They, then, then you're talking, going, they, they should win them all. They should end the season 12 and 4. I mean, this is by far their. I thought it was their toughest game when the schedule came out. When, I think we had to rank that when the schedule came out, I ranked them the, the hardest, the easiest. This was the hardest. Then, it was the hardest at the you know it's 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 the toughest game. I mean, it's without a doubt their the toughest game. It's on the road. It's in a place. It's probably the best team when when it's all when this you know well Dallas, I guess too. But um, but but you know you're playing Dallas is a division game. It's there's something different about division games. Um, yeah, this is a, this is a Seattle's tough. Seattle's a good team. They're 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 also undefeated at at home. Um, Russell Wilson is playing like the old Russell Wilson again. He's healthy. Yeah, his line isn't very good, and that is that should be. The Eagles have done well against bad offensive lines, except Detroit. Detroit didn't have a good offensive line that day. Then when they went and when they went there, and for some reason, the Eagles didn't take advantage of it. Um, so the Eagles' defensive line has been a better home team too. So um, yeah, I don't I. Again, I, I'll I'll think about it more. It's only we're, we're doing this Monday. I don't have to make my pick yet, um, and I, I'm not six and three like Elliot, but I'm but I'm coming on. I've I've won the last two, uh, there so you so uh, I'm I'm getting a feel for this team. I don't. Yeah, this this is gonna be a tough one.
0: It will be, and it'll be a fun one. The Eagles at Seahawks Sunday in Seattle. At least the Eagles have the, uh, the little cushion of getting over five hundred before they t- take on. Oh, that, the win
1: yesterday was crucial because. If they lost yesterday, they would have almost had to win in Seattle, and I don't think—I still wouldn't think they would have. And then, then they're look—if they're—if they were four and six, the season's over at that point, yeah, really. I mean, not mathematically, but it's not looking good. Yeah, I'm calling the preach. You know. Yeah,
0: it's—it's—we're getting there. We're getting close. As of now, it's—it's it's far from that. The Eagles have a lot of season left. They're in this thing. Uh, we'll be back to talk about it next week after uh, you guys head to Seattle. Elliot, have a good week.
2: Yep. Talk to you guys soon.
0: Thanks, Mark. Have a good week. Thanks for doing this. Thank you, Joe. Take care. Thanks to all of you for listening to episode 54 of the No Huddle Show, our Philadelphia Eagles podcast, right here on NJ.com. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can listen and leave us a rating on iTunes. It helps the show grow. We'll talk to you next week.